Okay, everybody. We've just been singing that God's going to do it again. And I just want to stir you up that, that when we sing songs in church, it's not to fill in gaps. It's because we declare things in the spiritual area of our life. So when we, uh, when we sing together, we are declaring in the heavenlies maybe what we haven't got, but what we're believing for. So I want to, I want to prophesy over you this morning that uh, you will see God do good things. You will see God do good things. And, you know, sometimes we've got this habit to live in the past, live in yesterday. But you know something? God has got more for the future than we've ever had in the past. So uh, believe for that this morning. Take your seats. Great to have uh, Paris with us again this morning. And thanks, Alexander, for sharing the communion message. And um, Paris has gone to live in Victor Harbour. I don't know what she's thinking, but uh, she's been... Uh, with us for a few years and has got a job there so now they're they're officially separated as a couple <laughs> i won't expose you but it's uh, great to have you here this morning with us again paris and and alexander's mum and dad are here too so that's great to have them as well and if you are with us this morning from somewhere else it's really really great to have you here and i pray uh, that uh, you sense the part of belonging that the church is so wherever you're from and this great land. Glad to have you with us. So um, I was just feeling a little bit like John Laws then. You rem who remembers John Laws? It was, uh, he was a bit of an idiot, but he was a fun idiot to listen to. So this morning, I want, us to give a, I want to give you a reality check message. <clears throat> so you know every now and then you need a reality check. You need to have a, a check on life, a check on where you're heading and what's been happening around you. Uh, to, to, to bring you back in line. So it's good that, to do that every now and then. It's good to have ourselves a reality check. Um, and this morning, uh, I want to speak on the fruit of holiness as a reality check in our life. Um, in manufacturing, when, when you have a factory, which I've worked in factories in my past, um, there's, a, there's a thing called a, a um, what do they call it, um, uh, was it um, quality assurance? It's Q&A. It's not question and answer time. It's Q&A. And I, I must admit, when, when I've worked in those environments and you have a Q&A officer, I didn't used to like them. Because you think you're doing something really good. You think you're doing something to a standard. The Q&A guy comes and says, no, I don't like that. Uh, and, and I know in the building industry, I, I lived in the, in the era when we didn't have any of that. Uh, prior to... OH&S laws and all these things. It was, it was quite a different world to what we have today. And I remember in the early stages when we started having quality assurance in building sites, it was like I used to hate the quality assurance guy coming because he'd say, well, we don't really like it like that. And so they would scrutinize what you've just done and say, well, that should be done differently or that should be done uh, in another way. And I'll be saying, what do you do all day? Do you, do you just sit there all day just reading manuals and, and, and books and things? We don't have that time. So so we're just out here getting the job done. And sometimes in life, it's like that. You're just out there trying to survive, doing your best. And it's like there's somebody else who's got the manual who's saying, well, that's really not stacking up. But you know something? I, I learned to appreciate the quality assurance person because they helped me to do my job better wherever I went in the future. <clears throat> so in manufacturing, there's, this, um, there's points in the process of manufacture that measure, this, uh, 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 an important word this morning is they measure tolerances. That means the parameters with, within which they will accept. 
So if it's within these parameters, you know, whatever, whatever they may be, they will accept that. But if it falls outside of that, then it's rejected. That means it's not going to be accepted. It's going to be not good enough. And, you know, it's a really, you know, we're living in a world now that nobody wants to know what's not good enough unless you're the one receiving the, the bad product. So you think it's called quality assurance. But as people of God, as disciples of Jesus, it's necessary if we're to bear good fruit in our life to give ourselves tolerance to live between. Tolerances that we live between. Now, we can measure them ourselves. We can say, well, I'm going to live between these two parameters and that's good enough for me. But when we set it ourselves, we're going to live far below the potential that we could be living in. We'll be achieving far less than we possibly could if we're living within parameters that God has set for us. So that's the foundation of my message this morning. But um, holiness is, is, I think it's got some serious publicity problems within the church. Um, among Christians, it's, it's often given a negative report. You know, you, you, if you talk to, you know, among Christian friends and, and uh, if someone were to say, hey, um, what, are, what are you doing that for? Or, or, or why, are you, why are you watching that movie or doing some other thing? The instant reaction will be, oh, you're so holy. You know, you're holier than me. <clears throat> and we use it as, a, as a, um, a, a derogative term even among Christians, which is very unfortunate, very wrong that we do that. But for those who discover how to live within the tolerances of holiness, there comes upon our life authority. So, you know, sometimes you, you wonder, well, why doesn't my, my prayers have authority? Why don't I see the answers to what I'm searching for spiritually? Why don't I have power in, in my life like I want to see? And when we discount holiness, we discount authority. So is this making sense? So to choose the discipline of holiness is to choose authority in your life. <clears throat> so I'm going to give you the definitions of, of, um, of holiness. Uh, it means something is sacred. It means it's been set apart for God to use. In the early um, uh, references in the Bible, there are three words used to... to um, to describe holiness. I'm, I'm not going to read them out to you because I, I, I won't have the, the, um, the, the, the pronunciation right. I'm not even going to try, but there are three key words that are used in the Bible that reference that word that we use now as holiness. And they can be interpreted um, as, as cutting off, separating, uh, divorcing ourselves, if that's in the, in the sense of you're separating yourself from other parts of living so that you can be set apart for God. So is that making sense? So in this case, we're separa separating ourselves from ordinary things to heavenly things, to godly things. <clears throat> so the fruit of holiness, if we want to use that analogy of fruit of what is produced in our life, and I want us this year to be fruitful in every part of our life. 
So if you're joining with us this morning and you haven't been part of it, uh, our, our church, our theme this year is fruitful because we want to be fruitful. We want to produce good fruit. We want to produce godly fruit. We want to produce fruit that makes us better people, uh, a, a better church, um, and, and change the whole city of Port Lincoln by having fruit in our life of a spiritual nature. So <clears throat> the fruit of holiness, if we're going to uh, define what that is, because you think, well, what, we, we can sometimes talk in very vague and, and, and uh, um, ways in which you think, well, what are you talking about? What's that actually mean? So if we want to have fruit of holiness in our life, this is how it, it is. It, it's putting God's character first in my life. So just say that to yourself right now. Close your eyes, talk to, talk to oneself, and say, holiness is putting God's character first in my life. So that's where we find the fruit of holiness found. So we've got to put that up in front of every time we talk. We've got to respect, honor, um, and guard the authority that, that will follow our name when we live with holiness, when we live with God's character before us. There's a big thing these days is reputation. Q&A, um, quality assurance was brought in because it was designed to protect the reputation of a company or a product or a business. And without that, uh, without that process, you never know what you're going to get. You know, I remember buying, uh, you know, I won't say the name of the brand, but a, a hi-fi system. And, I was, and it was really cheap. And I thought, oh, I'm, I'm on a winner. Look what I got. Went to the shop, bought it home, and the thing didn't work. It's like, doesn't quote. My very first, you know, it was a, had a CD player in it. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to be in with all the latest music. Yet the thing, it didn't work. So I remember taking it back and saying, oh, I just, I just unwrapped it. I didn't do anything wrong. I unwrapped it from the p thing, and then it doesn't work. And they said, oh, it's okay. We'll give you another one. Well, guess what? I, I had three, and they all didn't work. It's like somewhere in the Q&A didn't happen. It's like the time here. I, 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 I saw in the shops a snow machine and I was like oh I gotta have this snow machine so I said to Jimmy I've got found a snow machine so we set it up in the hallway there I said have a look at this you know well doesn't do anything nothing's coming out so I'm like, it's okay I'll take it back and I had another one in the shop they gave me the other one I brought it back let's let's try this one Jimmy let's wait for the snow and didn't work I think we, we ended up with, with three or so. It all didn't work, and in the end, they gave us the money back. Q&A. We've got to respect, honour the authority that will follow your name when you live with holiness, because you want to have a good name. Whoever, who, who's ever heard of Batfink? Batfink, there he is. He used to have a saying, Batfink and Karate, that was his, his helper. It was like Batman and Robin, but Batfink and Karate. He used to say that whenever the baddies would try and, and shoot him, he'd say, your bullets cannot harm me. My wings are like a shield of steel. I'm talking to the wrong audience here. No one knows who Batfink was. <coughs> Wouldn't it be good to live with that kind of a attitude 
when spiritually you're getting the, the Bible describes fiery darts that the enemy shoots at you. Well, I'll just call them in modern terms bullets. Wouldn't it be great to, to have an have a, have a attitude like Batfink that just says, your bullets can't harm me, my wings are like a shield of steel. So there's an authority. He's saying, I've got an authority in my life that doesn't matter what you throw at me, that's not going to harm me, that's not going to take me down, that's not going to hurt me. The fruit of holiness is like a shield of steel that no matter what the enemy throws at you, um, that it's not going to take you down. And I think that's been the, 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 a big issue within the modern church is where holiness should have been the, the key to our safety in church. We've allowed things to happen in church that haven't been holy, that haven't been righteous or godly, and the church has had its authority stripped away from it. So we need to be aware of those things. So the high priest in the tabernacle, going way back to the days of Moses, would wear on, his, on the front of his body a gold medallion. And it, it had inscribed on it the words, Holy to the Lord. <clears throat> that, that's apparently a, a sample of it. It was Exodus 39 verse 30. Um, it, it, it was always to be worn uh, on the forehead of his head, on his turban, um, I was really disappointed when I saw that that um, dis- that, that sort of a description of it there in the picture because when it, when I read in my Bible a medallion, I was thinking of the the, the great uh, the Wog medallion, you know, with a big gold chain and a, and a big round chunk of gold around his neck, uh, but it's attached to his to his to his uh, forehead on his turban. But it was. It's described as, as a badge in the New Living Translation, the badge of holiness. Um, now, he couldn't enter the sanctuary to minister to God without that, without that head covering, without that thing that declared he is holy to God. <clears throat> so he couldn't enter the sanctuary or minister to God without that on. It's a, it's a symbolism for our lives today if we'll capture the, the metaphor of what that means. Um, so I have a question for you. What are we wearing on our forehead when we are ministering to God? Now, you might be thinking, well, I'm just here. I just come to church. I don't really do any preaching or ministering. We represent God. Every day, wherever we go, that's ministry. So we need to, we need to understand that we need to have a culture and, a, and, and a, um, uh, an understanding within our, within our person that that wherever I go, I want to have a medallion emblazoned across my forehead that says, I am holy to God. I'm set apart for God. <clears throat> so we expect our pastors to respond to us in holiness, to have that badge on them all the time. Sorry if, if I'm your pastor because you won't always see that, but sometimes that can be a challenge. But we do expect that from our pastors and our leaders. You know, that's why we get so disappointed, so disillusioned with churches. Think, oh, they, 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 didn't, they didn't behave in a manner that, that, that showed that they were living up to the, to the, to the um, being set up, a person being set apart to God. They should never say anything wrong. They should never say anything bad. They should always be loving and kind and generous and understand my thought and all that sort of stuff. We do expect that. Is that true? But sometimes we don't always find that to be true. But we've, we've got to realize, don't confuse holiness in your pastor or church leader with not being able to tell you how it is. Because sometimes they just need to say, you know what, that's wrong. You know what, that, that's actually not a good attitude. 
or maybe there needs to be issues that need to be dealt with, and we think, oh, that was so unholy. No, it's just because we're, we're telling the truth, and hopefully that truth is being shared with love and with compassion and with, with empathy, but we need to realize that, that, um, uh, that, that there are times where a, a, a church leader, a church uh, worker or pastor needs to bring correction to us. Now, that's very difficult if we say, well, um, you know, just, just tell me, Pastor, anything I need to know. And then, then if we say something, we run a mile. So it is for all of us to speak and act and want to live with holiness as our shield, putting God's character first before we talk, before we speak. I found some scriptures that explain it further, maybe more clearly than what I just had. And hopefully you'll see within these two scriptures some tolerances um, that, that the writer has put in these verses that I think is so amazing. The first is Hebrews 12 verse 14. And it says this, work at living in peace with everyone <clears throat> and work at living a holy life. Now, that work at living in peace with everyone, they're tolerances. They're tolerance lines. So if, if we're going to apply that to us, we, we've got to say, well, there's my tolerance. I've got to live in peace with everyone as much as I can. That's my tolerance level. And it says, and work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Now, sometimes I, you read stuff like that and I think, well, what do we just don't get? What do we just don't get when we read the Bible? Because I think there's, there's been a misunderstanding that people use when, they, when they, they misunderstand and misuse the word grace of God and don't apply that to the holiness of God and think, well, I have a get out of, get out of jail for free card for, for living badly, living wrongly, because I'll throw the grace card in your face and say, where's the grace of God? And God says, well, my grace works best in my holiness in your life. Hopefully you can apply that. Parameters there. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 12 explains this. We can say with confidence and a clear conscience, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, we can say with confidence and a clear conscience that we have lived with um, a God-given holiness. That's an important thing. I've underlined that there. We live with a God-given holiness and sincerity in all our dealings. We have depended on God's grace, not on our, on our own human wisdom. That is how we have conducted ourselves before the world and especially toward you. So the fruit of holiness is found in these three parameters, these, the, these three guidelines that are found in, in 2 Corinthians there. First one, God, it's God-given. Holiness comes from God. It doesn't come naturally from you or from us. <clears throat> and so the big mistake that, that we have is trying to live a holy life. And the only way we really can do that successfully if we live on a mountain or in an isolated beach somewhere in a shack by ourselves with no one to annoy us, no one to challenge us, no one to, to uh, take up our time, and we just live in that zone, and we can be totally holy because there's no opportunity, no, no internet, no telephones, no opportunity to turn on something and, and see and watch the wrong stuff, or there's no, there's no uh, um, nothing, there's no bottle shop, there's no drugs to be bought, there's nothing else to distract us. 
no other person to even you know be distracted by just you and God but you know we don't have to live in that isolation place to be holy it's a God-given holiness that comes from Jesus it doesn't come from us so it, it, it is a relief because often when we talk about holiness we think oh I'm so bad and I can never be good enough and I spent probably the first 10 years trying to work out ministry thinking, well, I could never actually be anything because I'm always making mistakes. I, I would do stupid things and feel so shamed and guilty. I was the one at the youth camp who would knock people out. I was always finding myself in the wrong place at the wrong time, surrounded by the wrong people. It was always their fault. <coughs> Holiness doesn't come naturally. It's got to come from Jesus. The second key in all his interactions, this is Paul, with people, he puts holiness in front. So when he's dealing with people in the church and outside the church, what's in front of him is the badge of holiness that says, I'm set apart for God. And if we can, if we can start to adopt that as our, as our headline, that's a good little point there. Our headline is set apart for God, holy to God. That's a good headline to have over your life. Then the third thing is holiness is seen in our conduct and our behavior because uh, those things will change when we get a, a revelation of God and his holiness in our life. So these days, there are codes of conduct. Who's ever heard of a code of conduct? I have a code of conduct as a minister. Um, uh, athletes have codes of conduct. The government, for ministers and all that, they have codes of conduct. In business, um, there's codes of conduct. Doctors have codes of conduct. There's codes of conduct for just about everything. But if someone violates a code of conduct, they're, they're charged with, the, with, with um, conduct unbecoming. So you might be charged with conduct unbecoming of a, of a doctor or a medical professional. You've, you've been charged of conduct unbecoming of an AFL player. So we have levels of standards that we think we, we want people, we expect people to have a conduct that is, that is acceptable to society. But if someone violates a code of conduct, they're subject to correction. They're subject to discipline. They're subject to fines. How would that look if God did that with us? You're charged with conduct unbecoming of a disciple, unbecoming of a Christian. Here's the, here's the fine. You've got to give up your match fee. No communion for you. You can't come to church. You're, you've violated the rules and now we're going to dis, distance you. You're not allowed to play anymore. God doesn't do that. God doesn't do that. He knows we're going to violate the, the code of conduct and that's why Jesus came with the power of his blood and his broken body on the cross so that we could always have a way to pay the penalty of our own brokenness and our own stupidity and our own weaknesses and all that. So Paul's example to us of a reality check. Let's have another look at uh, 2, Corinthians uh, 2 Corinthians 1 verse 12, the very last sentence. It says, this is how we have conducted ourselves before the world and especially toward you. He's referring to life where holiness has been put out front. 
let me say we can disagree as people we, we, there's always times where we can disagree there are ways to disagree with holiness in front of us the fruit of holiness is that we live better we live better lives among people in the church and outside of the church that's the the, the fruit of holiness is that, that we have something that is better in us there is also a bigger benefit found with eternal consequences when we discover holiness as our badge. Romans 6 verse 22 tells us this. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. But now you are free from the power of sin. You know something? You need to remind yourself you are free from the power of sin. You are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. You, you are a servant of God. You are in God's work crew. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. So we want to enter the courts of heaven wearing out in front of us holy unto God. Fruit of holiness is our reality check. Where am I in this? Where is, where is that banner in my life? Where is that badge in my life? Is, is that what's leading me? I am holy for God to use. <clears throat> it's our reality check moment, church. So how do we get one of those badges? How do we get one of those banners in our life? I remember our local butcher would give away smiley badges. And you had to go into the butcher shop, one of those ones in the days where, where they had sawdust all over the floor. Who remembers those kind of butchers? Why did they have the sawdust? They don't need it now. There must be something wrong. I'm going to start a campaign. Bring back the sawdust. <clears throat> but to get one, of the, they'd give out the smiley badge, just like that one, one here. But to get it, you had to go to the butcher shop and you had to ask. And, and I, w I was kind of, I didn't used to like asking for anything. I don't know why, I was sort of a bit embarrassed. I can remember going to birthday parties when I was six and seven at school, the first sort of birthday parties. And the big thing, I probably shared this before, the big thing in those days was, was football-shaped ice cream cake. And, and I remember looking at, and they kind of had a bit of a fuzzy look on the outside. And I, I look at those, those footy birthday cakes and think, wow, that looks so amazing. That looks so, so yummy. And yet any time I go to a birthday party, they'd ask, now, Rob, would you like a piece of cake? I'd say, oh, no, thank you. Or, or no. Because something, I'm only like seven, six, seven. And I'm thinking, I'm unworthy. I'm unworthy. I couldn't possibly enjoy such an amazing looking birthday cake that's shaped like a football. And I would always say, no, I never, ever, ever got to taste a football shaped ice cream cake. Because when it came to my chance, I'd say, oh, I'm, un I'm unworthy. I couldn't possibly. And that, that, that's sad because I, I still don't know. I'd love to know what they taste like. If you can find me one, please. But there are people in churches today who never taste the fruit of holiness, the, the blessings of God, the fullness of living in His service because we think, well, I'm just unworthy. 
But to get that badge, so that was me. I was. I always felt unworthy. I. I felt so embarrassed. Felt so like, like I, they won't give me a badge. So we'd we'd all hang out, and the, my friends would go into the butcher shop because someone told go to that butcher shop. They'll go and ask for a smiley badge, and they'll give you one. And I'd wait outside thinking, well, but they won't give me one. So all the kids would come out. I got one. I got one. And, and I think, oh, you know, but I, I couldn't. I, I just couldn't see myself so eventually I'd go in and say can I have a smiley badge and I'd get one and I'd be like yay wasn't so hard after all but sometimes we build things up in our mind in our thinking and we think I'm not worthy they won't like me for some reason they'll, they'll run out of badges when it comes my turn but I've always been into free stuff wherever I can sometimes I just do it Jesus is our holiness and we get it for free though it costs Jesus his life we get it for free but it costs Jesus he is our holiness so we have to undo thinking in our in our lives in our minds in our spirits in our souls where we think you know what God's only going to love me when I when I'm performing holy things. When I'm good, then I go to church. When I'm good, then I'll serve. When I'm good, I, f- I feel that, that what I'm doing is making a difference. We need to understand that we can come into the presence of God at the baddest of our badness. Because that is what it's all about. And the devil goes, run away God doesn't love you You, you're so bad you don't deserve you shouldn't be here and I've noticed this recently it's sort of a little thing that I've I've, I've got onto we are so well tuned in to the whisper of the devil that we can't hear God speak so when God's saying, that, come on, get your life right. Come on, I love you. I'll wash all that away. I'll pick you up. I'll dust you off. I'll, I, I want to put, put you on a pedestal because I, I paid the price for you. And, and, and it's all there and we know it. And then the devil says, no, 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 no. So we're well, so finely tuned to hear the devil's lies that we, we discount the truth when Jesus speaks. So I've got a couple of questions, then I'm finished for you this morning. And these are, these are like, you don't have to answer these questions out loud. Sometimes you say a question and we don't want people to yell out answers. It's okay. <clears throat> but why, why do we get saved? Why do we get saved as Christians? We use that term saved when we come to Jesus. So we can have our sins forgiven. So we can go to heaven. See, that's why we think, well, we need to get saved. We need to get our life right with God so that we can so that we can have our sins forgiven. We have our yucky stuff removed. Uh, and so we want to go to heaven. So these are secondary. Did you realize that? These are secondary things. God's desire is to set you apart to serve Him with your life so that He can have relationship with you. 
so that he can have friendship with you, so that he can walk through life's journey with you, the highs, the lows, the dark tunnels, every part of life, he wants to be there with you. The fruit of holiness, putting God's character first in life, is where we want to live, is where we're going to see our, our futures unfold in the right ways. So perhaps you're here today, why don't you just bow your heads with me this morning and perhaps close your eyes. You could be here and it's the first time that you've heard anything like this and you might be thinking, well, I need to get things right with Jesus in my life. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. We call that the born again experience when you believe who Jesus says he was and you say, I'm going to ask Jesus into my life. You become a Christian. You can let Jesus into your heart this morning. I'm just going to say a, a quick prayer if that's you this morning and ask that the Holy Spirit will speak to you and touch you and Jesus may enter into your life and be your saviour. So if that's you, we're going to pray this prayer together. And if you're, if you're praying it for the first time, then I know it's going to be powerful and God will start something new in you. So let's just pray this together. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you forgive my sins. I believe in Jesus Christ, that his death upon the cross saved me from my sin. I want to live for you. Open my eyes, open my heart, and may I follow you from this day forward. Amen. So I just want to congratulate you if you've prayed that for the first time today. Please come and see me. I'd love to uh, give you some resource and explain some things to you if you have any questions. But that's an amazing and powerful thing that's happened if that was you. Second thing, I want to just pray for people so that you may be struggling thinking, Jesus, help me. Help me. I, I, I don't understand this holiness thing and I've confused it with so many other parts of life. Just make it decision this morning that you want to put holiness out in front that you want to be set apart to serve you want to be set apart as holy unto God we're going to pray Lord help us to separate from the ordinary things so that we can carry the extraordinary things of heaven if that's you this morning talking to Christians now so you can you can raise your hand you can uh, do what whatever it is that you want to do to signify to God that you want to work some things out with him this morning and I know God will let me pray for you today Jesus I just pray over your people I pray over your church this morning that there may be a new level of authority deposited into our lives because we understand your holiness that we understand our behavior is changing and with that righteousness and holiness is being deposited over us and in us lord i pray that there'll be many many people in our church who will rise to new levels of authority in their workplace rise to new level of authorities in their in their relationships rise to new levels of authority with the with the friendship groups that they are in because they've discovered something spiritual something powerful in the holiness of God descending in their life. May there be over 
uh, our whole church, Lord God, as a corporate group, Lord, that we we go out of this place every week. Going before us is what is on our forehead, Lord God. Uh, a badge says set apart as holy to God. Holy to God. Holy to God. So, Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you are faithful, you are just, and that you are an incredible God. And, Lord, we just want to give you our lives from now until you come. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless your church. So I've, I've um, had fun organizing that message this morning. I just want to say I'm so excited for the new year coming. I know it's a long way off, but I've just spent a couple of days. Um, never heard of a cheap motel room. Well, i tell you what, I think I found it. Uh, I got this cheap hotel that we found online and you, know, you don't actually get to see what it really looks like and uh, it was Skid Row. Uh, but I'll tell you something, I, I couldn't watch the TV because it was so small. Um, the, the bathroom and toilet was so, so crammed um, but there was a bed and a tiny little tiny little bench next to the bed and uh, so I couldn't watch the TV which is always a bad distraction. Um, I was in Adelaide so I couldn't really go and talk to anybody. Uh, I, I was right in town, right one, one like laneway back from Heinley Street. So Friday night, I didn't get much sleep. I heard all the songs and all the shouting and all, all, the, all the awesome stuff that people get up to, like, ah. But you know what? In two days, God spoke to me, gave, gave us the, the, the theme for next year, which is really, really going to be exciting. I want you to start preparing yourself. I'm not going to give it away just yet, but it's, it's awesome. And uh, I, I wrote... 12 sermons in one day that's a miracle uh, but I'm so excited because I know those sermons are going to change our lives going to change our future they're not just for me they're for all of us and so I just want to um, encourage church we are we are you know on the uh, accelerator at the moment so and um, so good to be part of it with you all so God bless you this week and uh, we'll see you a bit later yeah